Today is September 23rd. There are two series left in the MLB season, and the races are just about done besides one. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to Talking Baseball, hanging out with us for a little bit on this fine Monday morning or afternoon, whenever you're listening. Talk some baseball. My name's Jimmy. John Boy, you may know me as, and I got my good friend Jake here. He's in Denver. We're both wearing the same hat, and we're going to talk some baseball. Jake, how was your weekend? How are you doing? Are you excited to talk baseball? Jim, I am excited to talk baseball like you you kind of touched on in that beautiful intro. Um, we, we saw some things come to a close. Uh, a little bummed out by it, but also also exciting times. And I think for us, like the playoff picture has now become real and we can start thinking about it a little more. There's been a lot of like, eh, and a lot of, eh, well... You know, and now a lot of it is signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. Um, who references that song? But I'm doing well. Uh, watched a good amount of baseball. Saw one of our mutual friends for the uh, feel. I used to see him every weekend. Ex roommate Jeff. Now this damn baseball stuff. Um, and he did a trip to Europe for like a month and a half this summer. So I, I've only seen him twice since like June first. Who keeps track of that? Uh, a lot of stats on this show uh, ended with a little concert last night. Saw my girl Rez. She's this Canadian just bad chica. And I uh, I love her. She puts on an incredible show. Um, so I'm doing pretty well, James. How, how are you doing? Rez, huh? What kind of music is she? Rez. Oh, she's like dark electronic. It's weird. Man. A lot of lights crazy yeah i'm doing well jake there's not a lot of baseball left this episode of talking baseball is brought to you by our two most recent patreon sponsors oscar selick pilly excuse me oscar selick pilly oscar o- silly pilly <laughs> osp for short yes osp, osp. yeah <laughs> and uh, jordan cott Ospen Cot, man. Ospen Cot. Sounds like uh, some kid's playground toy. Ospen Cot. Yeah, anyway. I think I'm going, I'm I'm combining them, making it one word, and it sounds like a, a new drug or something. Ospen Cot. Oh, you high off Ospen Cot. Yeah. Yeah. You try well, that like Ospen Cot. Oxycontin. You're, you're very close to that. Ospen Cot. Yeah. They're different. It's got some Oxycontin in it, but it's its own. It's its You've own got medicine. some Oxycontin in you? The Ospencott does. The Ospencott. Jake, I would love to keep the pleasantries up, but everything okay. I want to say needs a report to happen first so gotcha. that people know what happened over the weekend. Right. I'm dying to get into the, the actual results of baseball, so enough, enough pleasantries. Enough of this shit. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into it. We got, the na- baseball, we got the man. National League report. Jake's yeah. on the National League this episode. It's brought to you by our friends at the Roosevelt's. Fun shirts, comfortable shirts. I got a box of them over there. I had one on the other day. When, I, when I'm, I know I'm going to sweat a little, I've been putting it on. 
because you still look good despite being sweaty and yeah. it doesn't break through the shirt which I'm sure isn't their main selling point. Their main selling point is probably that they're fun conversation starting shirts with like clever designs like we're Yankees fans, so I have a Yankees bobblehead. Uh, fans of Major League, the movie, there's a lot of good there. Sandlot, stuff like that. So go to uh, the Roosevelt's rsvlts.com slash johnboy. They've curated a list of all the baseball shirts they have, and you can uh, buy some and use discount code johnboy for 20% off. They've been a uh, a friendly sponsor of this program as it grows in its infancy. Uh, You know, we haven't even done six months of this. So to have them sponsoring us uh, from the jump is uh, fantastic. We really appreciate it. So go check out the Roosevelt's and get your sweat on. Jake, give me it. James, let's start us out with the Bravosi people as Atlanta hosted the San Francisco Giants. Mike Fultonewitz and Max Freed, my guy, both pitched winning gems in the first two games but San Fran does steal the game on getaway day nice performance for the Giants by rookie Logan Webb Jim good time to be a rookie throwing the ball for the Giants this Sunday the Nationals they do a copy and paste of the Braves they win the first two they lose the Sunday game to the Miami Marlins game two the Nats won in extras Jim the 10th inning they put up a six spot in the 10th don't see that a lot The New York Metropolitans visited beautiful Cincinnati to play three against the Reds. Pete Alonso got his 50th. The Mets win the bookend games. They lost the middle game, a one-run loss given up by the Mets' bullpen. We've heard that a lot. The Phils visited Cleveland. You'll hear Jomalope discuss that in the AL Report in the National League Central. You heard the Mets beat Cincy, but did you hear about this one, Jim? Wow, 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 wow. The St. Louis Cardinals visited the friendly confines of Wrigley Field where the Cubs season hung in the balance. The Cubs were the better team for eight innings in almost all four games. But alas, it's a nine-inning game. Kimbrell gets rocked twice. The St. Louis Cardinals win all four games by one run, essentially eliminating the Cubs from the playoffs. Holy Toledo, kudos to St. Louis, bad times in the Windy City. On the opposite end of the spectrum, Pirates have always been a little susceptible to a good barley, James. The Milwaukee Beer Makers, they sweep the Pirates. They essentially lock up their playoff berth. How about that, Milwaukee? And finally, in the NL West, you know the Giants weren't brave enough in Atlanta. The Doyers, they hosted my Rockies in Los Angeles. Dodgers win two out of three. Well, this is just fun. Ryu hits a home run, which sparked the Dodgers' win in the rubber mat. Let pitchers hit. No way. The DH is coming to the NL, and it's going to make it a better sport. The Diamondbacks visited San Diego. Win two of three. Merrill Kelly with a nice start. San Diego is so snake-bitten that they fire their manager, Andy Green, so long, Andy. And that is your National League report. Good stuff, Jake, but not good stuff from the National League. National League, I got a gripe. Their wild card race was supposed to be the crazy one. 
It's going to go to the finish. It's going to be wild. There's five teams in play. It's locked up. It's done. You know who screwed the pooch, Jim? The damn Brewers. They're too good. Everyone else played out the script. Everyone else did it. The Cubs came back down to earth. That's what I asked. The Mets are still hanging around. Philly half quit in Arizona. They're still around. If Milwaukee didn't turn on this hot streak, we'd be saying this is the dream final week. But no, the Brewers had to go and win all these games and play really well, and now they're going to be in the playoffs. What a whirlwind for Cubs fans. Yelich gets hurt, and they're like, ah, here's our opening. Psych, yeah. the Brewers are just going to scrap and claw and win a million games, and now all the Cubs are going to get hurt. Rizzo's out. Bryant Bryant had uh, the same thing that Harper had a couple seasons ago. Remember, like, slipped on first base, hyperextended. I think he, they say he sprained his ankle, which isn't terrible. Um, in the grand scheme of things, like, you know, for long term. But you're four games out with five or six or seven to play. Yeah. It's locked up, right? I mean, I don't know the actual numbers on it, but it, it's done. It's it's Nationals, Brewers, and the wild card, and they're fighting for home field advantage now. Yeah, I mean, Brewers would essentially have to go one in five or something like that, and the Cubs would have to win out. And, I I mean, it's just not happening. It's the, the NL has been decided – um, Jim, the only storyline now, um, which <laughs> Holy we, we discussed. Shit. Remember when we, we did we Sister Cities? You might be going into this. No, you could you could go Sister Cities if you want. Um, Brewers fans are the biggest Philly fans. Oh, yeah. Nationals have five. Count them. One, two, three, four. Five, the amount of times Jake has had sex in his life, games against the Nationals or and Phillies. Jimmy, do you know you know how far out the Phillies are from the Nationals? Five games? Six games. So they're they're technically dreaming in Philly. It's not real, but the old five game <laughs> sweeper, I mean, now we're talking. Um God Jim, where damn, I was going excited. Where I was going, which we we talked about a little bit last week. Hold, and hold <laughs> up. Hold up. I can't move on from this. <laughs> keep, this is the third time I've been trying to get this words out, and you keep cutting me off. What I, do you got? I can't now move, I'm interested. I can't move on from the that there's a fucking possibility. I mean, there's not really. That the Phillies can sweep the Nationals, and now the Brewers are in first place for the wild card, and then the Phillies can overtake like there's a chant, whatever. It's it's not gonna happen, but it's so funny that like if the Phillies get hot, the Nationals could be fucked. No way. Like if 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 the Phillies, because the Phillies are four and six in their last ten. If they it's, it's were not playing good ball, if yeah. if they had like a seven and three in their last ten, there would be a serious fun conversation about the five gamer between Philly and the Nats. I mean, the Nats just have to win one game pretty much to shut it down. Yeah, one. I'd like to think they will. They're probably the, the old five-game set. This is, wow, this is like a fake uh, division series preview. This is the first division series. That's cool. Who's pitching tonight? I got a five-gamer. I'm not sure. It's um, Zach Jim. Eflin uh, versus Corbin. So they should just win today with Corbin. The story is that the Washington Nationals – we had mentally locked them up for the game one of the wild card in Washington. They're tied with Milwaukee. Yeah. 
Um, they are, I know you're a big loss column guy because that's a control your own fate. Uh, they are one up in the loss column still. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Washington Nationals, they kind of went into cruise control in that lead first wild card spot. And now they could be traveling to Milwaukee with like just basically one slip up at this point. And Milwaukee's eight and two in their last 10. The Nats are five and five in their last 10. Um, the Nationals. The Nationals' run differential is plus 119. Milwaukee's on the year is minus two. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that the is, that is the now easy, the story. The Brewers have the easier schedule. They're playing Cincinnati, then Colorado. They have six games left. The Nationals have, I think it was seven games left. Or no, it was eight games left. Nationals, eight games left. Um, do you know who has the tiebreaker between Milwaukee and Washington? No idea. Milwaukee. They won the season series four to two. So Milwaukee, they just need to tie. Yeah. To get home field advantage. So pressure's on the Nationals. They have the harder schedule. Philly's going to act like they have a chance. You know what? The Nationals have to win tonight, Jake. They yeah, you have, have to, break to win game one so the Phillies have no reason to try in the next four games. If they lose game one, I'm almost giving Milwaukee home field advantage. Because which day's the doubleheader? I think the doubleheader's Tuesday. Let me but pull it up. You're absolutely right. You have to nip it in a butt tonight because then if it becomes a story into the doubleheader tomorrow, now you've got problems. Tuesday's a doubleheader. They, yeah, Corbin, you have to win tonight. Corbin has to win tonight because then Philadelphia won't try, and then it's going to be a good race to see who yeah. gets home field advantage in this wild card game. If the Phillies beat the Nationals tonight, then you have a doubleheader tomorrow, and you give the Phillies this life, like we're going to come give them hell tomorrow. We're playing for our lives. And Milwaukee's over there. They have less games. They don't have a doubleheader against a team that's trying. They have Cincinnati and Colorado. Who cares? And all they have to do is tie you, and they get home field. Damn, that's kind of cool. If the Nationals lose tonight, I think all the pressure's on the Nationals for home field advantage. Are you rooting for the Phillies tonight? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Because that's, a, make that's sure. a better finish. Anarchy. I don't care who hosts that game. Like, I have right. I have no interest. Um, I just want it to go to the end. The National League, the race was supposed to be fun. People thought the Mets had a chance. Man, there are some fun stats in this. Well, a <laughs> John, if we if we do want we we are fans of anarchy. If the Phillies do go <laughs> the, for the five game sweep, I know we're saying that the Phillies would That's bring a, themselves back in, but there's a chance that the Cubs and the Mets could come back in. So now I'm team five game sweep. Rooting for a five game sweep is the same thing as rooting for me to get my thirty year old uh, growth spurt. It's just not happening. Sure. Well, it's not happening. That's but. what you think. Jim, I'll, I will say this, and well, at, we'll talk more, less about it because, I mean, the five-game sweep is now, like, officially happening. There's some fun stuff in the Washington-Milwaukee, if, if that is the one-game playoff. Um, like I mentioned, Washington has the big run differential. It's better than Atlanta's. 
Milwaukee has negative. <laughs> They're minus two. They'd be the only playoff team with a minus run differential. Um, Milwaukee is under 500 on the road. The Nats have pretty good home and road splits. The Nats are eight games under 500. So the Nats are 40 and 48 against teams better than 500. So they have a losing record against the good teams. Milwaukee is 48 and 40. Uh, so that's it's all over the board there. That that would be a fun game. I'm trying to uh, find out how Scherzer does against them. Scherzer's not having the best month of September. Did you know this? He's got a 4.94 ERA in September and four starts right now. Nobody wants that NL Cy Young. Damn. Uh, I'm trying to see how he's done against Milwaukee this year. But we'll pull it up. I would say this. I do have to say this. I think we have to, on this show, say congrats to the Cardinals. Yeah. That was like a big... That was the only division where there was a race. And the Cardinals kind of said, nah, we'll take it, and never looked back. So congrats to them. Flaherty doing insane things. Yeah, and, and it was... Still that- not getting talked about enough, I don't think. No, no, and that's a. Hopefully, he gets he gets some shine uh, in the playoffs. Maybe a little Walker Bueller two point action going on. But I I think the fun part about it, Jim, and doing this uh, now since uh, basically the All Star break, is that we kind of jumped into that NL Central race. And I think we did a Cardinals elevator talk, and it was like, who, who what's going on here? Like, what do we need to get into? Like, I know Goldschmidt's solid. Um, Ozuna's kind of done the same thing for a while. Carpenter had a little bit of a down year. Then we stumbled into Jack Flaherty, and that's been fun to watch. And now the cards, man. I mean, talk about a dagger. Four one-run wins at the Cubs. Like, those teams are rivals. That's that's an ugly one for the Cubs. Max Scherzer. Yeah, the Cubs, that's brutal. The injuries, they can lean on the injuries. Madden's done. I think Madden's gone, too. Yeah. You think Girardi's going to get the spot? He turned down the Reds because he wanted uh, to wait it out. Like, Cubs is his dream job. We know he wants to manage. You know who else really wants to manage that we we know uh, wants to manage is Buck Showalter. Yeah. Buck Showalter is going back into managing. Everyone wants these young managers. I don't know. The Cubs might want might want one of those guys. They're good. They can afford it. Uh, they have the talent, and they're really embarrassed right now. Yeah, it's it's tricky. Girardi and the Cubs seems like a fit. Um, but yeah, the new way of the manager, like managers don't have a ton of power. <laughs> like it, everything is pretty predetermined, like your your bullpen usage, who's who's playing and all of that. Uh, so I don't know. It's kind of like a personality thing at this point. And I don't know. I, w- I would love for Joe Girardi to take the Cubs job and be the Joe Girardi we see on TV, not the Joe Girardi that was with the Yankees that was trying to be, like, militaristic and stuff like that. Like, that doesn't work. Um, Buck Showalter, I don't think you and I can even talk about uh, just because we love Buck. Know where I've got Buck going, Jim? Where? San Diego. Fuck that. That doesn't even make sense. That's why it makes sense. It's, it's San Diego. It's like they need the old school mean baseball guy. Well, Buck's awesome, but he'll turn that on a little bit in San Diego. Like I don't care that we're in San Diego. We could be, I could be in 
the warmest place in the world. I could be in the coldest place in the world. All I want is guys who play baseball and play it well. That San Diego job is, like, dreamy. They've got the top farm system. They've got a lot of young talent. And, like, look what Buck did with the Orioles. He's Uh, friends with Machado. I'm just saying. It's not a bad guess. The Machado thing's kind of cool, actually. That's a fun plot twist, yeah. Especially, you might hear Manny later on Slump Watch still. Someone's got to get in his ear hole. Well, I think the Padres just completely... They quit. It. They quit, and that's why you fire your manager. Yeah. I was g- talk about him later, I guess, or I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, I was booking, pulling this up. Max Scherzer against the Brewers, one start this year. Um, six innings pitched, six hits, one earned run, two runs, ten strikeouts. The guys that got him were um, Gamble, double, Moustakis, RBI single, and then... Garcia, double. Gamel, RBI error. Not really RBI, but you know what I'm saying. So it's only one game, though. what you're saying. Man, that, uh... Well, A, I'm obviously rooting for the old, uh, the five-game sweep still. But, man, there's going to be some interesting dynamics if that's the one-game playoff, because you have these three dominant starters for the Nationals. Are they all going to be available? Um, and the Nats bullpen, the old, uh, Daniel Hudson's been really good since he's come over. Doolittle's a guy you can rely on, even though he's not having his best season. Um, but I mean, do you have Scherzer, Corbin, Strasburg available? Do you have two out of three available? It's, uh, and meanwhile, the Brewers are just going to Brewer. I mean, they're <laughs> all hands on deck. Whoever comes out, uh, do your job. They're wow. Do your job. That's a, that could be a Patriots Brewers connection right there. Do your job. Don't care who you are. Just do the job. Uh, all right. You want to move on to the AL? You got anything else? In the National League, um, I think I think that's it, man. Um, yeah. Atlanta, Dodgers. Yeah, I'm good. Good. All right. We're moving on to the American League. The Mariners and Orioles played three games of baseball, and apparently, Jake, 10,000-plus fans showed up to watch each game, 20,000-plus on Saturday and Sunday. What lunatics. The Mariners lost two, but the one game they won, they did it in exciting fashion with an, <laughs> with an error, stolen base, and single to take the lead in the 13th inning. The White Sox took two of three from Detroit. In game two, there were 28 hits between both teams the score was only five to three but there was 28 hits between both teams every player who had a plate appearance got a hit besides travis demerit who went 0 for 4 embarrassing his entire family pick it up travis all right moving on to games that matter the astros took two out of three from the los angeles angels of anaheim all of houston's pitchers had less than their usual starts. Granky wasn't great. Miley was especially bad. He's been bad. He was especially bad. And Verlander uh, had more hits than innings pitched, which is wild for him. Still got the win. Still pretty good. The big news for the Astros is Carlos Correa came back, picks up his first hit since the injury. Two home runs. Pretty good. The Yankees lost game one and two 
but beat the Blue J- the Yankees lost game one, but beat the Blue Jays in the next two to take the series. They still haven't lost the series at home since mid-April. Houston is up one game in the loss column for home field advantage in the American League. They also have the tiebreaker against the Yankees. The Tampa Bay Rays have taken two games from the Red Sox so far. They finish up the four-game series today, so there's one remaining game to be played. Tampa walked off the first two games, winning both of them 5-4. to four. Willie Adamas and Nate Lau got the walk-offs. Uh, Glass now with three more good innings. Yarbrough got smoked, and Blake Snell starts today. The Indians took care of the Phillies and won two of three, keeping them tied with the Rays for the second wild-card spot. Bieber with the good start. Cookie Carrasco, Jake, got the save in game one, in the first win and then came out of the pen in the in the game three to get the win, reliever win. The top four of the Indians order kind of went off. Lindor, Mercado, Santana, Puig, they're carrying the Indians right now. And the A's beat the Rangers to stay atop the AL wildcard race. Good starts by Manea and Fires. More on that later. And uh, despite a bunch of bad pitching by the Twins, they take three out of four from the Royals. The only good start was by rookie Randy Dobnak. But Twins are kind of playing for nothing because the home field advantage is out of reach. The Indians aren't going to catch up to them, and they're playing teams that suck. So the Twins are kind of playing for nothing right now, just gearing up for the playoffs. The... uh, the Rays and the uh, Indians, man, they're tied for the second wild card spot. We're not talking about Brewers Nationals tied for home field advantage. We're talking about one of these teams may not even see the postseason. And there's like six games left in the season. So basically, scoreboard watch times a million. If you're the Indians... You can't lose. If you're the Rays, you can't lose. Like you, One of these teams has to... Six games left. They got to go five and one. You know what I mean? Like, this is going to get fun. Yeah, and T- Tampa's got some games against Boston coming up, and I, I think I think Boston put in a little a little effort last series. Uh, meanwhile, Cleveland's at the White Sox. Oakland's going to L.A. Uh, yeah, I mean, it. And, and Jim, I think the other crazy thing is, like, Oakland feels crazy safe, but, I mean, one slip-up, and, like, if – if they were to slip up, they could be it could be a one game thing. Uh so Oakland, they still have to lock in, although it seems they're gonna host um a wild card game, which is fun. That that city will go nuts for that one game. I like that a lot. The A's um, the A's have locked up a wild card spot. Uh Jim, I just think there's a chance. Uh, like you said, these all of these teams are aiming to be perfect for the next week. Um, and I think in baseball, that's, it's kind of funny that that's not always the goal. <laughs> it's like baseball, a lot of time, the goal is like, let's do, let's survive this road trip and come back home. Um, these teams are aiming to be perfect. If the A's lost tonight and the other two teams win, it's a one game thing. And if it's one game for, I mean, the final six days of the season, that could be it. So I, two games, it's much nicer to have that two game lead. But one slip up with these other teams trying to be perfect, and you could be good. Um, I'd I'd love to see uh, some some of the nerd statistics on their their percentage to be in because the A's do have. I mean, it has to be ninety percent chance at this point. But 
Um, the A's have know. a 97% chance to make the playoffs. Does that count a one-game play-in, though? Because that's the other factor no, here. No, it, it counts the wild card. Right, but a one-game playoff to get in the wild card. It doesn't count that. Um, it's a little bit of a factor. Um, that's, that's, called, that's not the playoffs. That's, called, that's a, Right, but if you win that game, you still get in the playoffs. Yeah, but there's the, 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 the A's have a 97% chance to be in the wild card game. That 3% is what it's all about, man. People they're they're, they're said, in. They have an easy schedule. They have L.A. and then Seattle to close it out. I mean, the A's are in the wild card. It'll be the Rays and Indians is going to be real fun. Real fun. And Tampa has a game against Boston tonight. Who's playing? Who's pitching? Julis Chasin versus so Blake Snell. Okay, so the Rays should win that. Chasin sucks. And uh, the Indians are playing the White Sox, man. Yeah. I think the Rays have the hardest schedule, but the best, like, pitching. And, I mean, schedule at this point doesn't matter because, like, technically the Red Sox are 81-74, and 74, but they're not playing for anything. Um, yeah. The White Sox, if, if you run into Giolito and you've, you've got some young guys out there, it's really like day-to-day at this point. It's who's pitching and who's in the field that actually cares at this point in the season. Um, so this is pretty funny. Buck Johnson in the chat just said this, and it's true. That final series, Indians versus Nationals, yeah, they could fuck each other. Easily. Damn. We're going to be in Maine for that. Nats, in, though. I, uh, we had a lot of five-game sweep talk. I mean, the Nats kind of know they have to take care of business this series. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, but then Cleveland, They don't want it to come down to the Indians. They're, they're saying, let's drive through this. Let's win four out of five, three out of five, and we can kind of shut it down for the final series. That's true. So we said Brewers fans were huge Phillies fans. Yeah. Indians fans are huge national fans yeah. this week. Indians fans want the Nationals to five games sweep the Phillies so the Nationals don't even try those last games of the series so Cleveland can try. Damn, that's cool. I'm excited yeah. for this finish. Like one one of these teams isn't seeing the wild card game. Yeah, and I mean I I think um it would be great for baseball. I mean, uh, uh, if it turns out to be a one-game playoff and it is Cleveland-Tampa, that would be a blast. Um, think I'm rooting for that at this point. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I can't point at either of those teams and be like, yeah, you know, Cle- Cleveland's not really that deserving if they don't make the playoffs. No, they've got really good pitching. They've got really good pitching. Tampa, they've got a lot of players that can do a lot of different things, and they've got really good pitching. So um, it it's exciting, man. Who do you? What do you get? What's your guess right now? What's your gut so, tell you? My gut is saying one game playoff between Tampa and Cleveland. Oh, that's what you you think? That's what's going to happen? I think so. They're locked up ninety two and sixty four. Um, I know we we did our mock going through the schedule thing, but now it's they they got to be perfect. Um, 
I I don't know. It I I guess that's that's the fun game I'm playing in my head right now. If it was a one game playoff, all hands on deck. So many young good pitchers on each side. Cleveland, I mean Beaver, Savali, um, all all those guys that have been twirling it for them for Tampa, Snell, Glasnow, uh, they're their bullpen, they've got a bunch of guys. I think I lean Tampa. Uh, I think as a baseball team, I think Tampa is a little better than Cleveland. But I also like stars in one game. And, I mean, Lindor jumps off the map. And we got to make Bieber a star. And we're and baseball needs to make Shane Bieber a star. That's a great point. So, Cleveland doesn't play today. The A's don't play today. The Rays play today. So what's today's outcome, Rays-Boston, that makes it most interesting? Rays loss, right? Well, I mean, I've, I'm still in the 3% that Oakland's, Oakland's getting brought back into this. So, I mean, I'm, I'm rooting Rays-Cleveland. I now have Oakland in my anarchy bucket. Oh, Oakland's in. Oh, 3%? Man, that's baseball, baby. Yeah, that's what the Mets fans were banking on, too. And the Phillies. And the Rockies. I Tell mean, that to uh, reuse that bat, man. Box. Tell that to reuse Homer. Reuse Homer. I have a thought on it. Go Is on. it just coach cultural, the bat flip? The Asian I don't know bat. what you mean by that sentence, I'll be honest. The Asian bat flip? Like, even the Little League players do it the same way. Where they yeah. swing and then um, Higgy did it. That's how they're taught. Yeah, it must be how they're taught or something, right? You see it at the Little League World Series every year. Every, yeah. every team comes over. The, their pitchers throw uh, slightly different. Their, their bats finishes are a little different. The leg kicks forever. Um, yeah, that's how they teach it. But it's cool to see Ryu, like, first home run ever, and then, like, the bat flip goes that way, and you're like, damn. Connected with one. Cultural. Finally got it. O2 pitch. Oppo shot. Swing's feeling good today. Damn. All right. You feel bad for the Cubs? Only a little bit because I was rooting for the Cubs come, to come back down to earth to make the wild card crazy, and now they came oh, crashing to the earth, and them. the wild card's not pra- crazy. <laughs> Six games left, and the, and the National League wildcard is locked up. Five-game sweep. <laughs> How many games are, are – so there's not a lot of games today. Uh, this Monday, as we're recording this, as they think there's, like, only a handful. A lot of people have off. So we're rooting for the Phillies. And I'm rooting for Boston to beat the Rays. Marlins, Mets, no one cares. Blue Jays, Orioles, no Mets, one cares. Five games. If you're gonna if you're gonna be in the five game sweep, you should be rooting Mets. No, they're out. Uh, they can't double up. Cardinals, D backs, no one cares. So bring it on, Red Sox. Rooting for the Red Sox. I'm not. I'm. I've got Tampa tonight. All right. You got Phillies though. Oh, yeah. Five-game sweep. Okay. Cool. Never believed in something more in my life. It would be... Uh, I mean, it has happened before. What would the name of it be? Like, what's a cool name? 
Like, you know, Ooh, like you got okay. the Boston Massacre. You got, like, the something beat down. You're my history guy. I mean, we've got the former capital and the new capital. Is there something to be done there? Oh, wow. Taking back the capital? It's, Ooh, at, it's in yeah. Washington, D.C., though. Uh, you could just call it, like, yeah, I don't know, War of 19. It's not 19. It's 2019. No, I don't know. We need a cool name. It's got to happen first. It's not going to happen. Right. The five-game sweep that's not going to happen has to happen first. Before you can And then we'll it. name it. And then we'll, we'll name it. it. Once it happens, we'll name it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, moving on <laughs> to standout performances. Standout, standout performances. Performance. Jake, I, uh, you get to go first. Who's your standout performance? Jim, my standout performance and back-to-back standout performances from the same team, and luckily it's a team I'm I'm totally rooting for this year, the Houston Astros. Jim, George Springer, three homer day yesterday, three for five, three yabos, four RBIs. Jim, I have some bias here. He's a Connecticut guy. He was born in New Britain, Connecticut. That's where you and I attended college. Go CCSU. Blue Devils lost on a black punt this weekend. Next. (laughs) He played played college baseball at UConn. UConn basketball is basically a religion of mine uh, growing up in the state of Connecticut. So anyone from UConn is beloved. George Springer is beloved (laughs) by me. Uh, I just think it's kind of bizarre... He's having a great year, Jim. 116, 116 games played, 38 homers. 116 games played, 38 homers, 94 RBI. He's slashing 292, 378 on base, and a 970 OPS. From center field, numbers like that just didn't really happen <laughs> uh, back in the day. Now we see talent all over the field. And I just think he gets looked over a little bit, man. When you think Astros, you think Verlander. I think people jump to Bregman. I think even after that, I mean, this year it's Garrett Cole and Altuve and even Correa. I mean, I think Correa gets more love than George Springer overall. And George Springer, he won the World Series MVP. He's a three-time All-Star at a premium position. He's got a silver slugger. I did, and Jim, I've got bad news to you for you because you're going to be hearing a lot of this for the next six months or so. It's the per one six, the the stats per one sixty two. So if a guy played a full season, what his stats would look like? George Springer, if he played a full season this year, is on pace for a hundred twenty eight runs scored, fifty four home runs, and a hundred thirty two RBI. How many games has he played? 116. So he basically, he missed like a little over a month. Oh. Yeah, it's not even like that much time. Yeah, he missed, um, he missed like a month's worth of games, basically. Cool. Cool. CC? He didn't go to CCC. He went to UConn, right? He went to UConn, but he's, he's a proud New Britain guy. Um, Jim, do you think what I was saying is fair that like when, when people think Houston, it's, it's definitely Verlander, Bregman and Altuve. Yeah. I think Springer's up there though. I mean, he won the world series MVP. He was on the cover of sports illustrated twice. It was him. 
on there. Right. No one else. I don't think he gets lost in the mix that much, but uh, I've known his name forever. So, like, I, right. I might be biased as well. Yeah. I, I just I think in the in the grand scheme for what he does, he gets overlooked. And it's a little bit like Garrett Cole's performance this year. If you're tuned into baseball, again, only 18, 18th guy ever to get 300 strikeouts. So Garrett Cole deserves the love this year for sure and his upcoming free agency. Uh, he's just a stud, flat out. He got a he got a vote for rookie of the year in two thousand. So that's pretty big. Fourteen. That's big. He talks he got, about that. He got one vote. I love that. That I mean, that person went to UConn. I guarantee you. His teammate Abreu. Oh no, not his teammate. Uh, Jose Abreu got one hundred and fifty. Two thousand fourteen. Rookie of the year. Brock Holt also got one vote. So did that Nicholas guy was from Boston. Castel- <laughs> so did uh, Nicholas Castellanos. And that guy was from Detroit. And Jake Odorizzi. That was a mistake. <laughs> uh, damn. Rookie of the Year voting is so weird, dude, because like, it's not indicative of becoming a star at all. No. Billy Hamilton got second place in 2014. Travis Darnot got two votes. Whatever. I'll get off this page. I'm sorry. Can't stop. Can't stop. My standout performance, Jake, is a blue, yeah. is, is a little simpler. It's just Mike Fires. Yeah. I gave him the not now with his facial hair award last episode or episode before that. He didn't get out of the second inning, two starts in a row. Got blowed up by Houston, then got blowed up by Texas. Was just basically in a, you know, a war ground in Texas, going around Texas getting his ass kicked. They pulled him from the game. They made up that phantom injury. His fingers were tingling, the old David Price. They're like, but he's going to make his next start. Okay, so you're just trying to cover his his morale. Eight innings pitched, two hits. Really good outing against Texas, the same team he had to do that fake injury against. The A's are in it. Manaya's back, and he's been really good. Fires, if he can do this, that's awesome. The A's, each fan base of the Indians and the A's and Tampa have things to cling to if they win the wild card. Like, hey, we got, we got pitching. Like, our pitching's good right now. All three of them have it. Uh, yeah. I think, like, in 2017, the Twins didn't have it. I think if you ask Twins fans, they'd be like, if we beat the Yankees, like, there's no way we were doing anything else. And I, the Yankees in 2015, if they won the wild card as a Yankees fan, it was like, there's no way we're doing anything, though. All these teams have it, and I think Fires throwing that eight innings pitch really, if he threw bad again, A's fans would be like, oh, shit. Like, dude, we lost him? But it's a really good outing by him. Puts the A's back into the thick of things. I think they have it locked up. Jake's rooting for the 3% chance they don't. But went crazy beard, went crazy bad, recovers rather nicely with eight innings pitched. Yeah, and it is it is a really nice start. Um, I, I mean, there's a little, you could do a little what's Texas playing for. It was a bad, tough couple episodes on the podcast for, for Fires. Um, and yeah, Jim, I, I don't know. I think the, the only thing where I do disagree with you slightly is, um, the start is great. Uh, he's going to get one more before the playoffs, I believe. Um, 
And I, I don't know. I just think if he has kind of a mess start or even an okay start, like when they open up the like the wild card game and Fires is out there, they're going to say, you know, in this month of September, he's, he had a 7-5 ERA. He's not um, their wild card pitcher, is he? Um, I think they'd use him. They'd probably be him and Manaya, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just think, and, and it, it, say they win the wild card game and they go into the playoffs. Like, I, if Fires comes out, he gets hit a little bit, they'll be like, yeah, you know, he's having a great year. And then September, he kind of fell apart. Um, so I'm not, I'm not fully uh, relieving him, leaving him um, after this one start. Okay. He should make another start. So he pitched on he pitched on the twentieth. Which gives them so one, two, three, four. He should pitch on the twenty sixth. Which sets him up for the wild card. One, two, three. Yeah. And I mean he's been their rock all year. Um Manaya came back in September and he has looked great. Um but I, I think they maybe fires didn't scare me. But they're gonna be all hands on deck. Yeah, it's, it, I think it's probably a start fires and have Mania ready, but I don't know. Twins A's would be a fun series. I have something crazy rude to say. I What I just said was half rude, but I don't think people realized it was half rude. And I'm building off of it. Okay. Because <laughs> um, yeah. I know what you're saying. If you took the Yanks in Houston out of the American League... It would be a fun playoff between Oakland, Tampa, the Twins, and Cleveland. Those four teams, I are just throw them in the boat and see what happens. Well, yeah, I mean, don't talk too soon. One of these teams could shock us. Like you're rooting for three. Oh, easily. But uh, the pitching is like weird. I don't know. I'm just if I could, I'm picturing nerdy childhood Jake playing like a PlayStation baseball game that doesn't operate well. And if you could give me the four teams, Tampa, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Oakland, and just do random simulations between those four teams playing each other, like I think I would do that for every weekend for five years. I need to know what's going on with the Twins pitching. And I, I think that is an interesting conversation. I don't know if we want to fully dive, Jim, but you mentioned that their their bullpen, you're, you'll hear about the Twins' bullpen and call-up watch, which was a little surprising. All of the all the other teams we've talked about have so many, like, different weapons. We mentioned, like, Fires, Minaya, and then the A's just have arms they can go to. Um, and Liam Hendricks at the end, he's kind of a little bit of a trump card so far this year. Uh, the Rays, they've got all their starting pitching who will be available, and they've got a ton of guys they use out of the bullpen. Um, Cleveland, we haven't talked about Cleveland going playoff mode for pitching because they have it's a ton of starters, but they can throw something together. Minnesota, if they want to do something this playoffs, they are banking on Barrios and Oda Rizzi having crazy starts. That's their that's their only chance. Barrios has been bad. Yeah, um, but I mean, he's having a, he's still having a really good year. Yeah, he's got five one seven ERA in his last eight games, and I'm excluding 
a big outlier right before that. That if I include, it's a six one five ERA. Uh, I mean, he's got he's having a fu- he's he's one, got two good two, starts this month. He's got two bad starts this month. Yeah, and in his last nine games, he got four good and five bad. I don't know. That's not like something you're banking on going to postseason. No, but I, I'm just saying, if the Twins want to do something this playoffs, Barrios and Odorizzi have to be special, and they can. But it's it's tough, especially the way playoff baseball is played nowadays. Yeah, I, I I'm interested to see how the Twins fare. I'm going to go back 30 days, right? Sure. And now who's been the best Twins pitcher the last 30 days? Barrios has the starting mo- pitcher? Yeah, as a starting pitcher. I mean, I would I would guess Odorizzi. The last 30 days, the Twins starters, these are it's Perez, Barrios, Odorizzi, Dobnak and Gibson. Um Barrios is five games, three and one with a four seven or four six ERA. Perez is bad. It's Dobnak is their best pitcher in his last four starts. He's got a two four five ERA. Odorizzi Randy three D. six eight. And Kyle I, Gibson's I guess that, been awful. I I guess that would be the other thing. I, this. This Minnesota team, you know, you've heard about the lineup, and those guys are legit. Um, they have a lot of young pitchers that uh, would be thrown into it. I mean, Zach Little, um, Dobnak. Odorizzi's – Odorizzi – ah, his, his game log's not bad. It's a lot of five innings pitched, three earned runs. Sure. So not great, but – That'll win you games if you. Yeah, it I mean, runs. it's always going to be asked for in in the playoffs, or that's what all, all the other teams will be asking for from their starters. Um, and doesn't Odorizzi, when we saw him, doesn't doesn't it slider technically have like the most movement of starting pitcher or something crazy like that? I believe he's got one of the crazier ones. Yeah, I forget. But yeah, I think his name always comes up. All right, let's move on. Twins. <laughs> Slump watch. watch. Jake, you were in charge of Slump Watch today. What do we got? Yeah. Well, we'll we'll start out, which is basically outside of Slump Watch, but it's Aristides Aquino watch for Cincinnati, the the young driller who we want to keep our eyes on because we knew it was going to come down, but how hard did it come crashing down? He has an okay series. He goes three for eleven with a homer and a walk. Um. Jim, I've been talking about my teeter guys. I think that's the term that I've landed on. Um, My teeter guys, where their stats the next couple weeks are going to depend how their season looks. Aquino, he's game to game right now. His OPS going into the nines or into the eights. So Aquino, but Saturday he was in the nines. He had a bad game Sunday. He's back in the eights. So that's that's a little teeter watch for Aquino. Say Aristides. I know you like saying it. Aristides. So he went three for 11 with a home run and a walk. It's okay. What's his on-base percentage? Because his, his slugging is an outlier, if we're being honest. Like, right. His slugging, he will not be able to keep up the slugging at this pace. So what's his if on-base I had, percentage? I'm, I'm going to – this is always the embarrassing game for us, which – 
fans probably laugh at, but I'm going to guess, and you can guess if you want with me, that Aristides Aquino is hitting two, 275 and his on base is like 320. I would have guessed lower on both. So he's hitting 260 and a 310 OBP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that's talking Aristides. What's his slugging? Like 580? Uh, 575. Yeah. He might be able to keep that up. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there in the juice ball season, there are some numbers that do look like Aristides. And it's it's not as crazy as an outlier as it would be other years. No, but you need that on base percentage higher. Yeah, get it, get it up, Aristides. Draw that walk. Um, let's get into the real slump watch, Jim. A, a guy that you and I have had heated debates over, young Dansby Swanson for the Atlanta Braves, also a Vandy guy. Jim, he goes 0 for 10. He has a pair of walks, of course. He's now up to 0 for 15, and now I'm vested. Yeah, man. What's his stats since returning? I'll pull them up. Um, they're not, they're not going to be pretty, and we're getting like up to like a lot of games. Well, and that's the thing. I defended him because he came off the aisle initially, and then he had one series where he got on base a ton, but it was a lot of walks, and now here we are, and now he's 0 for 15, and Jim, it's, it's got to be a discussion in Braveland. Like, this is a huge week for Dan, Dansby Swanson. Dude, and he since needs- coming off the IL, he's got 22 games now. He's got a 281 on base percentage, a 176 slugging, and a 457 OPS. I mean, he's yeah. been uh, swinging a wet newspaper since coming off the IL. And, I mean, he's got six games to, like, show you something. Unless, is he a lock defensively? Like, is that his, is, is he a locked in? I or mean, he's like, their shortstop. He's, he's a number, you know, former number one pick for him. I believe so. I mean, I, I think they have guys if they want them. Couldn't they I mean, swing on the season, there? Jim, he's, he's on the season, he's a two forty four batting average, three twenty two OBP, a seven forty two OPS. Pretty average. Um I he is solid with the leather. I, I, I as long as he gets a couple hits this week, I think they're running with Dansby. And then if they need if if he's pure ice cold, I think you consider uh, Echeverria, or I know they had Camargo, but he might have gotten hurt. Um, but I mean, that's I mean, that's kind of the craziness of baseball, right? Yeah. Um. But Echeverria's he's a bandy been, guy. Echeverria has been playing too. Uh, he said, "Thank God for taking me off the Mets." <laughs> Amen. Amen. And Danny's been hitting a little bit too. So yeah, it's it's he's definitely something second. to watch. Um. Yeah, slide Albies over. I don't know. That's uh, one of our Braves fans. Our Braves, my baby Braves, reach Albies, out. Albies uh, sat the last two days. Rest season, baby. Isaiah. Braves got nothing to play for. Um, but, yeah, uh, Dansby Swanson, you, sir, you do have something to play for. So, yeah, now I'm into that because this, this last week could depend a lot of his playoff playing time future. Do you know what um, uh, Ozzy Albies' real first name is? Uh, Albies. You think it's Albie Albies? Albies Albies. No, it's Azenio. Azenio should go by that. Uh, actually, Ozzy is pretty good. Um, so, Dansby, we've got our eye on you, bruh. Um, might, watch, might watch you the rest of the way anyways at this point. Uh, Jim, 
I will say this. Another guy I fought for, because I have a higher bar for him than you, Yadier Molina, catcher for the Cardinals in the series where they killed the Cubs. He comes out the first three games, 6 for 13 with a homer. Uh, he does go 0 for 4 in the last game, but still a, a, a 6 for 17 series is solid. Um, and they took the soul of the Cubs. So I've Yachty, you're coming off, and he's just going to compete in the playoffs. That's just what he does. Um, Jose Quintana, Jim, for the Cubs. And I mean, he could come off just because maybe the Cubs are dead, but oh no. Uh, Jose Quintana gets knocked around again, 3.1, five earned runs. Jim, he was having a great season up until September 1st, a 3.90 ERA, um, 20 plus starts. In September, he's got an 11.85 ERA in his four games started. He's a guy that, um, you know, he was coming into September hot, and it was like, is Quintana the guy who gets the ball for them in the playoffs? And now, <laughs> no. Oh, he's being nice. He's putting them out. He saw what's going on in the clubhouse. He's putting them out of their misery. It's it's nice of him to do this. Update from the chat. Kyle Davis, who's a Braves fan, says that Swanson versus Etch is a question that's coming up in Brave Lands. I like it. I like it. Um, so, yeah, we're definitely keeping eyes on Dan's beat. I mean, at this um, point, you up the bat and the glove with Echeverria. Yeah, but, I mean, that could, uh, that, that could change in one game. I don't know. In in one game, Dansby can be plus plus with the uh, with the bat, and he's still good with the glove. Um, we jump to my other guy that I've been battling for, Jim. Another heated debate between us: Cal Quantrill, the young pitcher for the Padres. Yeah, he's he bad. was having a he was having a great rookie season. It got blown up <laughs> with like four starts. He bounces back. Five innings pitched, only two hits, one earned run, six Ks versus Arizona. Cal Quantrill, you were coming off anyways but you, you earned your way off. I'm proud of you, Cal. Um, yeah, so I was bouncing around in some Padres forums on the always. internet. I like to see what fans are saying of the team, you know? Yeah. And there was something like they are talking about what's who's our starting five next year. Yeah. And basically the consensus among the Padres fans that I was reading was like, Quantrill is no part of this team. So like even they're yeah. like, he's bad. No, I, I wouldn't read into those blogs at all. That could That could be anyone that could have been my dog writing that, so... Um, well, no, you got to take the temperature of the fan base. That's how it works. Yeah, and sometimes you've, you've said some pretty mean things about Padres fans before. Um, I had no. a Padres fan. No, I have not. He was, he was all, I said nice. was there, all I said was I don't understand why they're so angry. Yeah. Said anything why are they angry them. at Call Quantrill? That's what I'm saying. We're they're, saying the same thing. They're not angry at him. Quantrill's just not good. He's good. Cal Quantrill's pretty good. Kevin Kiermeyer, uh, he is. he's got a lot going on, Jim. He is now... Up to one for his last 25. His hit came in the last game, and he also got a hit by pitch by Evaldi. Um, feel invested in Kiermeyer. That's another one that I just, we have to see how this wraps up because they're going to play him. Um, I mean, they love Kiermeyer and what he does defensively in center field is otherworldly. Um, but I mean, he's in, he's in a bad, bad way. Yeah. He's, he's going to play, though, because he'll play. Yeah. But have they started moving him down at all? You know, like like you said, they they've been playing him like he's a guy. In they've been lineup. hitting him sixth, seventh. I mean, I I think they got to start ducking him even lower than that. Yeah, let's see. He was uh, yeah, he was sixth, and then he was eight eight. So okay, so okay. He, in his last six games, he's batted or his last seven games, he's batted in the eighth hole 
five times. Um, so yeah, they need to, uh, they need to, they need to get him in that nine spot or eight. There I don't mind go. eight, but yeah, he, he was like six, seven for a while. They're lying to themselves. I'm, I'm in a Padres form. They got Cal Quantrill winning the Cy Young next year. So pretty That's good a, stuff for him. That's a lie. Um, Kevin Kiermeyer, you're staying. We're interested, um, but you kind of play when you don't hit anyway, so it's not that interesting. Uh, Jim, you threw rookie Will Smith on here for the Dodgers. He became kind of a part of the fabric of that team. Uh, he goes two for six in two games with a homer, a walk, and a hit by pitch. The hit by pitch put him clearly off for me, but Will Smith is off. Okay, good for him. Yeah, yeah. He can, and, I mean, uh, he's not like out of his slump, but he's off slump watch for now. He, I he's mean, off slump watch. I mean, he's a rookie. I know you, you've got a pretty good rookie policy on here. He was coming off pretty much anyway, but he, he gets a honorable discharge. Yeah, getting two hits in, in, uh, in eight plate appearances against the Rockies. It's not, he got on base not, half the time. We're you not, could spin that a couple we're ways. We're not clapping. No, we're not clapping. Okay. We agree on no that. claps, no claps, no claps. Um, and finally, Jim Manny Machado, he is now three for his last 37 um, after going one for nine in the last series. And yeah, I mean, he's just waiting for Buck Showalter at this point, dude. I'm such a uh, uh, fucking East Coast elitist. I am. I truly think, like, if you're yeah. in a bad season in San Diego, it's so much harder to gear up and play than if you're in a bad season in Baltimore. Well, you meant you mentioned it during your uh, during your AL report, Jim, that the Mariners Baltimore game drew fans this weekend. Yeah, Baltimore's a beautiful stadium, so I like I like that. But great stadium. I'm just saying, like, Manny Machado, it's his first year living in San Diego. The weather is probably still nice. Where when you're in it's Baltimore, great. like, it's baseball. What are you? What else are you gonna do? What else are you gonna do in Baltimore? You can't even really escape. You go to like the three bars. Raven you go to. season, baby. Raven season. I know, but that's that's a Baltimore fan, not a player. I'll be like, Manny Machado, right. you know, I'm going to go to the beach. Like As soon as this game's over, I'm going to go to this club. I'm going to go to L.A. Right. I'm going to go hang out with this athlete, this celebrity. Like, It's much easier to just fucking lose focus when the season's over. Uh, and that, yeah. I don't know if that's like snobby or elitist or whatever, but it, well, same with like Miami. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, there's full column. Colin Colin Coward has a, a few rants that are that are just like what you were just saying. Um but yeah, Machado is sliding and I mean he's approaching like one of his worst statistical seasons. Um he did switch leagues and all of that. I like I would I think Manny's gonna be back next year and have a good season, especially with Buck Showalter getting rid of the San Diego distractions next year. The um, gate for the Padres series, according to the baseball references still way more people showed up than uh, the Baltimore series. How about that? See, San Diego's getting into it. Yeah, it's good Good for that. I mean, that's not what I was saying at all. I don't not Yeah, I mean, I, they also, I mean, they fired Andy Green. The whole team kind of quit. <laughs> um, we uh, Hunter Renfro, that's who the, the Padres fan that DM'd me. Um, LSD images, <laughs> like that. Um, he gave me a full, like, 
He gave me his Hunter Renfro scouting report because we talked about him last time. Proud San Diego. Get ready for Buck. All right, Jim, finishing slump watch. We've got three coming off. Yachty's coming off. Quantrill's coming off. And Will Smith's coming off. So I got three coming on. Ryan Yarbrough for Tampa. Did the whole pitching thing with Tampa. They got a lot of weapons. Ryan Yarbrough, for a while, was one of their main weapons. He had a big year last year. He was having a big year this year. His last two starts, he's given up six earned runs in each start. Through September 1st, he had a 3-3-6 ERA. I mean, this guy was one of the better pitchers in the AL. In September, he's got an 8-0-2 ERA, and he's now a teeter guy. His ERA is now 4 8 if you're Ryan Yarbrough, you got to turn it around and get it starting with that three. Because if it starts with a four, you're not a weapon. You're not a weapon. Yarbrough, you know where it went wrong? When they didn't let him get the complete game shutout. It was an asshole move by the Rays, and they're paying for it. There, I, I love that, Jim. I want to I cut up those stats right now. Um, I want to cut and them then up. Because that was such a fucking asshole move by the Rays. It's just it's not it's not good baseball. Like I'm sure the I'm sure the numbers told you the right thing, but it's not good baseball. Um, if anyone doesn't know, what we're talking about Yarbrough was at eight. He had he had one out to go to get a complete eight point two shutout to get a complete game shutout, and they pulled him, and the next guy yeah. comes in and gets like a simple ground out, and it's like and they talk I, about I, take I, the biggest morale boost for a pitcher complete game shutout. To now he hates you and he's angry. Yeah. It's like, what, what are you doing? So that was dumb. Computers can't measure that. And he was, he was the only pitcher this year that got taken out 8.2 shutout without facing the next batter. Probably the only pitcher ever, dude. What, what team would ever do that? Yeah. It's interesting. We'll get, we'll get research on that. Jim, I've, I've got a couple, uh, a couple bigger names on here for my last two. Just in slides, I've, I've got Reese Hoskins uh, for Philly. He's in a one for 20. Um, I, I didn't deep dive on his numbers, but he's got to be careful with his low batting average. If he ends up poorly, um, he'll be the talk of Philly sports radio for all offseason. Uh, so, Reese, you got to get it going. And then my guy, Matt Chapman for Oakland, the stud third baseman. He's in a three for 24. And uh, it, it's kind of one of those things like this next week matters just a little bit more for Matt Chapman because you don't want to come in slumping. You don't want that to be a story. I'm not worried about them. I'm kind of scared of the A's bats. I mean, they're good, but I, I mean, if Matt Chapman has another bad week, he's going to be, you know, six for 50 and he's going to be seriously slumping. And you yeah. just can't have that be the conversation. He's not getting on base either. Uh no. He uh he, he was he was sliding good. Damn. He uh Matt Chapman saved Marcelo Zuna from coming on slump watch, but them also sweeping the Cubs. Um but that's hey, I know you're listening, Marcel. You're 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 watched. You're watched. All right, you wanna you wanna get funky with the stats, Jake? I love when you do, babe. So in the 10 games before the ruthless pulling of Yarbrough. Right. The 10 games before he had a 1-6-1 ERA. They were 8-2 and two in his 10 starts. They ruthlessly take the ball out of his hands. Don't let him get the complete game shut out in the 
in the one, two, three, four, five, six, in the seven games since, 5.45 ERA. Put Went that from, in your fucking computer. You fucking dicks. Crunch those numbers. I know I'm joking, and I, I am also... No, just you're to, not. To, no, just to let it be clear, I don't think he's doing poorly now because they pulled him. You don't think there's a direct correlation? I think but, it's an asshole move, and I think yeah. if something goes... I think you lost him, like how Andy Green lost the clubhouse. If the Rays lost Yarbrough for a little bit, I think that's fully on them, and I don't blame Yarbrough for being like, fuck this organization. And it's not a joke. You do believe in it. <laughs> no, I don't believe that's why he's actually pitching bad. Okay. He could just be getting tired. It's the end of the season. He's never sure. pitched a lot of innings and stuff. But I do think it was an asshole move. I like the theory. Lean into it. No, you already compared me to Coward once. I can't do like two nutty hot, hot take shits. Play, play the sound. What sound? This one? Dirt nasties on fuego. That means I'm on fire, baby. Like Waco. All right. Got some on fire bats and arms to talk about. Uh, there's a lot, dude. There's a lot of like bad baseball going on, so there's a lot of good hitting going on. And so I just I didn't want to do two from one team. I, I just tried to I threw some on here. Carlos Correa we already talked about. Um, he had six at bats and three hits, but two homers. And this is huge because he just came off the IL. So that's yeah. why this is worth talking about. It's not crazy. Uh, you're talking about Chapman being uh, in a slump for the A's. Well, the dude that hits right up by him, Mark Kana, is the opposite. He is 6-for-12 with two homers, and he's got four multi-hit games in a row with five extra base hits in those four games. So who are they playing next? They're playing the Angels. Angels fans, not that you care. Watch out for Mark Kana. He's got four multi-hit games in a row for the A's. And uh, Kana's having a big year, Jim. Yeah, big year. Yeah, he's doing really well. Good for him. Uh, Aaron Judge, Yankees. He uh, okay. he came off the IL two months ago, and he didn't hit a home run for a while. He actually hit a home run in Oakland, and that kind of opened things up. Since then, over the last 28 starts, 30 days, he has 14 home runs, which leads the MLB in that span. Also has six doubles, a 1.111 OPS, uh, just had two home runs in this most recent series. He's been one of the hotter hitters in baseball over the last 30 days. And uh, just in time. Yeah. And it, uh, I, I, I won't give a full judge thing, but just, just know it when he, due to his stature and the way he plays, when he's right, it's like, it's something I've never seen before. Uh, let me finish in Fuego, and then we have an announcement that just happened. Uh-oh. Miguel Sano for the Twins. Their pitching sucks lately, but their hitting is incredible. Nelson Cruz also went off. I think he had like five RBIs in one game. But Sano, over his last 15 games, has seven homers. It's like a home run every two-game pace. That's math. 19 RBIs, Jake, in 15 games. Yeah. 19 RBIs. In the four-game set versus Kansas City, he went seven for 14 with three walks. So that's a 588 on base percentage in four games versus Kansas City this past weekend. Uh, Corey Seager, a National League guy, we'll throw him on there. Six multi-hit games in a row. So you thought Mark Kana was impressive with four multi-hit games. Corey Seager has six 
multi-hit games in a row for the Dodgers, and in his last eight games, he's slashing 469 batting average, 485 on base percentage, 1.266 OPS. So he's getting real hot. And a couple of these multi-hit games, Jake, were pinch hit appearances where he pinch hit, like only got two at-bats and got two hits. It's crazy. Wow. And then I had to throw some arms on there. But the arms kind of get boring because the same guys over and over. Um, Padres rookie Chris Paddock, in his last four starts, he's got a 0.77 ERA. Uh, the innings pitched, I don't think, is too impressive. I think there's a five and a six, which is good. Um, but uh, earned runs allowed is really impressive. And then the last one on there, because I'm a Yankees fan, and I'll shove my bias down your throats. James Paxton's 10-0 in his last 10 games. The Yankees are 10-0 in his last 10 games. He's got a 2-2-5 ERA in his last 10 games and a 1-6-7 batting average against in his last 10 games. And the cool part is there's a direct correlation to changes that he made. I think we've talked about this already. Like He was like, let's throw the knuckle curve more. Let's mix in the off-speed. Like He changed his pitch mix, and it, the results have been insane. So... And yeah, Pac Paxton, when he's right, he is a lot of fun to watch. He's got this weird Canadian intensity going. Um, he's he has fully turned his season around. He is ten and zero in those ten starts. Um, and good for Paddock. I know he when we initially started doing this, he was getting his second round through the league, and he uh, he was getting beat up a little bit, but he's rebounding to finish off his rookie year. And the Miguel Sano story, man, isn't kind of being talked about enough. I mean, this guy was sent down and was basically described as broken. And now Miguel Sano's back. He's got 33 homers. His OPS starts with a nine. Um, and just some of the most raw power in the game. Yeah. So the news that broke, Jake, is Ned Yost is retiring. No. Yeah. No. No more Yost post. Is he still going to do the Verizon commercials? Yeah, that has nothing to do with his... <laughs> that's his acting career so now the royals the giants the padres and most likely the cubs will be looking for uh managers royals man who the that's, fuck that's gonna, want that job that's gonna be a bench coach we haven't heard of right john morosi says mike matheny special advisor to the royals and player development is viewed as a strong candidate sure knock yourself out mike I mean, why would they want him? <laughs> I mean, that's uh I think it ties into your first question. <laughs> so, who would who would want the job? But like if you're gonna don't hire Mike Matheny, Royals, okay? Why would you hire a guy who managed and and then isn't managing anymore? Wouldn't you, couldn't we say that about Buck Showalter? Um, Buck Showalter and Joe Girardi like, are established good managers. Who's... I mean, Matheny's got number. He's won one pennant. He's got a lifetime 555 win percentage. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think of him as a good manager. I think of him as having real good teams. Buck Showalter's a good manager in baseball. Like, like that's, a, that's a known thing. You got bad teams and bad stuff. Now, you can say Joe Girardi had good teams, but Joe Girardi's really good at managing a bullpen. Um, 
And I think he would be a good Cubs man or a good National League manager. I don't know. Just the Royals seem like they need to try and find their own um, hinge. Their I, I think you're right on Roberts. that. Like, the, like they need to find their young guy who's going to like relate and spark their own identity. I I think you're right on that. I I think Matheny's got some decent managerial stuff out there that if if they wanted him, good for you, Royals. Yeah. Well, he's fired, sacked, as they say across the pond. Way back up and. Yeah. I don't even know. Goodbye, home run. I mean. Uh, Who did the Orioles get hot? Jake, there were a lot of uh, Mariners that had really good, really good uh, series against the Orioles, but a lot of them were hot already beforehand. Yeah, the Mariners are actually kind of playing decent baseball. I was looking at their game logs recently. They're doing all right. (laughs) J.P. Crawford, though. Ten games before the Orioles, he had two hits in the ten games before the Orioles. A 0-5-9 batting average in the ten games before he got to go to Baltimore and face their pitching. In the three in the first game versus Baltimore, he went over. But in the next two, he had four hits and a home run. So before Baltimore, two hits in ten games. Three games in Baltimore, four hits and a home run. That's how it works, man. That's uh People helping people. Thank you, Baltimore. Uh, you know what? We only have two more Baltimore series left, Jake. Can we yeah. play a fun game called sure. that where we guess who's going to get hot? Oh, I love it. I love it. Who are the Orioles playing? That's what I'm trying to pull up. We didn't prepare for this new segment. The Orioles. This is on the fly, people. This is how you do it in the biz. Um, Orioles are playing. Oh, my baseball reference is looking nutty. Yeah, dude, I've got that going on too. They must be updating. They're playing. But uh, I think I Toronto. can figure it out. They've got Toronto and Boston. Okay. Um. Okay. Is all of Randall baseball- Grichik? Is he is he cold right now? He is a little chilly. Yeah. Damn. Okay, you got Grichik. Dibs on Grichik. Why is Baseball Reference down? Yeah, the game logs are coming up. the The main player pages just are not functioning. It's it's full squalor on Baseball Reference right now. Luckily, okay, I okay, I got it. Conditions. So let's see. Um, I got Lourdes Gurriel. No, you know who? Jake Justin Smoke. Justin Smoke in his last seven games has a 125 batting average with a 176 OPS. He's going to mm. go all off in Baltimore. And he got a homer against the Yankees. Maybe that sparks him. Yeah, that feels like three homers from Justin Smoke. I got Smoke going off in Baltimore. All right. What in the hell are you doing? You got to be kidding me. That is so bad. That is absolutely brutal. That is unbelievable. That is totally absurd. <laughs> That's so good. Well, that, that last line's good. Totally absurd. Boone got ejected. Who got mad? Aaron Boone got ejected again. Joe West threw him out from the third base. Uh, he was the third base ump. Boone was yelling at the home plate ump a little, just barking, saying it was a bad pitch uh, because it was Giancarlo Stanton who's just trying to see pitches and get at bats in, and the ump rung him up on some 
some borderline calls that I don't I don't think were that egregious. Uh, but Joe West throwing Boone out from third when Boone's in the dugout and they're playing like a big jumbotron noise during commercials. They were like, there's no way he hurt him. Baseball's problem is, and there's another ejection here where Eric Hinsky got ejected from the Diamondbacks. He's like their hitting coach. And the ump was just looking for someone to eject, man. Same with Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts, all he said was, no, that's low. And he got thrown. There needs to be like a penalty box. Because if the umps are going to react to nothing, to just yelling, you know, like hockey, there's a two-minute penalty. In NFL, there's 10 yards, you know. In basketball, there's a foul, two shots. Baseball doesn't have that. I've I've made this spiel before. But the umps are getting crazy, man. It's fucking zero to ejection. If you just simply yell, which happens in every sport, and all the other sports, they'll be like, all right, two minutes, like, you know, fucking, you can't yell at me like that. Two-minute penalty, uh, misconduct, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Two two shots, technical on the coach, you know? But if the umpires are going to be ejecting people, like Dave Roberts got ejected because he said, no, that's low. Come on. Like, yeah. that, it's so crazy to eject for that. And then fine. So I, I'm I'm over it. Like I'm I'm kind of tired of it. Yeah, I'm I'm done with the whole umpires association. And that, that sounds kind of like a lame, soft, like casual thing today. Like yeah, the ump suck. The game is hard as hell to call. Guys are throwing harder than ever. They're throwing 99 on the black. I couldn't tell you if it clipped the corner or not. I'm not mad at the umps for missing calls. But we need to change the guidelines, and umps also just need to be held accountable. Um, and that that's the thing. The Boone ejection was an ejection from the night before. Joe West was behind the plate and missed a horrible uh, outside pitch uh, on Brett Gardner. Uh, I mean, it was a, it it would have hit a it would have hit a right-handed batter if they had a closed stance, and it got called a strike. And so the ejection is a follow-up. The next day, and Joe West skates away clean. He goes to his next series. There's no problem. There's no issue. And there's there's just zero. I just don't know how this was set up that the umpires that run the game have no accountability. It's crazy. It's crazy. None. Mike Montgomery got ejected for the Royals, and he, he basically said that the ump was out to get him. He said he barked at him in the early innings, and then he was specifically not calling his curveball strike and staring at him afterwards. Uh, that's good for the game, though. It's Mike Montgomery's first ever ejection. He's never been ejected. He's never like had issues. It's crazy. That, that oh, tells crazy. the story. Hey, kid, we need a body. <laughs> <laughs> it's September 18th. And we're out of the playoffs. You want to come catch for us? So we've got two on call-up watch this week. I'll, I'll start with the, the catcher reference. Davey Gruyon. Uh, that's me? a fun name. Davey Gruyon. Sounds um, like you're about to say he- something badass, and then you just f- totally trail off. Who the hell put Booyon cubes? Uh, Davey Gruyon. Uh, Philadelphia, he's a catcher. Be a catcher's kid. Um, 
he does have something scary going on right now. He only got a pinch hit at bat and he struck out. Damn. So, so Davey needs the Phillies to start losing so he can get a couple starts and get a hit. Well, sorry, I'm rooting for the Phillies. What's what's his uh age? Um, he's younger. I, I think he's 24, 25. I, I can get there. We'll I just see don't want baseball... this to be a Moonlight Graham situation. Right. No, I think he's pretty young. Uh yeah, he's he's 20, 23. So oh, Davey's okay. still oh. got Davey's still got a chance. And um, his career minor league numbers were pretty bad, and I was going to give my whole be a catcher kid speech. He's got a 710 career minor league OPS, but the past the past two years he's actually had pretty good numbers. So Dave Davey will get some more at bats. We don't have to worry about him striking out his only at bat. And the other guy who got a call, maybe he hits a big walk off homer, so the Phillies can get that five game sweep. I'm rooting for that. Um, the other guy who got the call is Jorge Alcala for Minnesota. Um, he's, a, he's a pitcher, Dominican. He's 24 years old. He came up. He got two outs. Um, and this is a fun one, Jim, because I was like, am I even going to dive into this? Because I know the Twins aren't banking on Jorge Alcala. But it is kind of fun because it's, it's just you mentioned Moonlight Graham. And all these guys have different minor leagues paths. There's guys in the Yankees minor leagues that could have had huge years on lesser teams. Ryan McBroom is playing for the Royals right now, Jim. He's had a big couple weeks, um, and he was just in the Yankees AAA all year. So it's funny seeing some of these guys' paths. Alcala was a starting pitcher in AA this year, and he was getting rocked. He had a high ERA. Um, I want to say it was 5-8. ERA in over 100-plus innings of AA baseball. Like, that's a guy when you're at the AA game, you're like, I don't think that dude's making the bigs. Yeah. yeah he tough. goes to AAA, and they make him a reliever, Jimmy. And oh, he, goes seven point, he goes 7.2 shutout innings. And now the Twins needed an arm. Jorge, you got the call, dude. What a You life. think that like minor leaguers, like you think sometimes they're like, they feel like they can't go to the staff and be like, yo, why don't we try me out as a reliever? Because it's kind of like as if they don't believe in themselves anymore. Yeah. But then like the, they, the staff comes to them and like, hey, man, we think we're going to move you to reliever. We got a plan for you. And oh, thank fucking God, because I suck as a starter. There's definitely been one or two. Um, I I think there's a there's a huge fear factor. I think because if you stop starting pitching, you don't come back. (laughs) But then every reliever was once a starter. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, Jorge Alcala. He might have found his Al calling coming out of the bullpen. Um, Good, good for you, dude. His Al calling. Tricky stuff, Jake. Tricky, tricky. Tricky, tricky. Let's move on to awards. Awards. You have to go first. I'll go first, Jim, and I, you know, people love this stuff. You love laying down the law, looking back. Who won? Who won the trade? Jim, I have the official best move at the trade deadline award. Okay. Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles, you're doing fantastic. Actually, he was last episode for the Beer Makers. This week, Jim, it goes to Luis Severino. That's right, people. Buckle up for some Yankees talk. 
Luis Severino has come back for the Yankees. James and I, as Yankee fans, we've tapered our expectations as much as we could um, because he was out the whole season, and it's a really tough ask for a guy to just jump into the playoffs at the end of the year. He's gotten two starts. Uh, He went four innings. He's on a pitch limit, obviously. He went four innings in the first start, no earned runs. Jom and I were in the stadium, and then he comes out his second start, five innings pitched, nine strikeouts against the Baby Jays. Um, and it, we we do our talking Yank show. It was maybe the most elated we've we've been on it this season, just because it seems like there's always been an injury or just something that was like, oh well, yeah, that that series was great, but Edwin Encarnacion got hurt or Gary Sanchez got hurt, whoever it was. Luis Severino is like a breath of fresh air. He's addressed the Yankees' biggest need, and he's been lights out doing it. Um, and you you just we've blocking out the chance of Seve coming back, we've kind of forgotten how good this dude is. He's one of the top pitchers in the AL when he's right, and he kind of looks right, Jim. Yeah, I'm scared that you brought this to everyone else. I'm sorry, Jim. I told you. My cards are on the table. Yeah, I I wasn't ready to put my cards on the table. I don't want baseball baseball to know that we're excited about Seve. It's Sorry. like, you know, you got I, a big interview for a job you're excited about. I don't tell anyone. For me, it's like uh, it would be if you didn't have a nose and you tried to hide your nose at a job interview or your lack of a nose. They'd be like, wait, why are you holding your hand over your nose? And be like, oh, nothing, nothing. It's not because I don't have a nose. Yeah. That's where I'm at with Luis Severino. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm. This is what I was telling you guys about Yankee fans tempering themselves. I stopped. The lid's off. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. But, uh, my award. Yeah. Is the, uh, no news is bad news award. Yeah. And it goes to Andy Green because on this very show, last episode, I was like, what's going on with Andy Green? We don't hear anything about him. He's probably the manager I hear the least about. He's never really getting ejected. He's never really doing anything. Like, do Padres fans like him? We're like, he's got an extension until 2021. That's where we ended last episode. Now he's fired. He's not the manager anymore. So, Scott. Can't. Can't. So, no news is bad news. Get ejected. You know what? Bell for the Reds. He's a rookie manager. Getting ejected left and right. Hear about him. Reds fans like him, I think. No one else is crazy. And I I will link one thing to Yankee stuff, and then I won't say the Y word again. Aaron Boone has a chance to win manager of the year this year. He's been eerily similar, but (laughs) he's had guys play really well. (laughs) Gio Urshela's played crazy well. Um, Mike Talkman out of nowhere. And it's funny when the baseball players play well, <laughs> you do well as a manager. And Andy Green, Tatis Jr. gets hurt. Machado starts playing awful. We mentioned Hunter Renfro last time because he was playing bad. That's tough, man. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I put a correlation to managing and player result more than you do. Like, that's his job is to keep them motivated and playing well. 
A little bit, um, but to the same time, his job's not keeping Fernando Tatis Jr., who is the soul of that team and about to win the Rookie of the Year healthy. Yeah, I know, but I mean, the, that's the difference. We, between, we, like, said, we said it on this show. When Tatis Jr. got hurt, they were dead. Everything yeah. was dead in San Diego. Yeah, but I mean... There's, and that's partially on green, but also not. Yeah, I mean, you just got to keep the room motivated and like playing. We clearly didn't do. But that. I mean, this is this is what people said about Boone and like Gary Sanchez last year, and Gary was clearly hurt. Yeah, but this year Boone's done a great job of keeping confidence in guys, instilling it, saying like, "Hey, you're our guy. Go out there, do it." Whatever you you always you never you don't give a lot of credit to managers. I give more credit to managers than you do. I like a good manager, but I mean, <laughs> players still got to play well. <laughs> Oh, of course, but I think a good manager gets the most out of their players. Andy Green. Boone didn't make Gio Urshela one of the best hitters in the league. I think if I think Boone creates an environment that allows Gio to come in and and play better, and and not just Boone, the whole Yankees. Like I think if Gio on uh, this very year, right, went the Yankees, to the absolutely. Mets, he wouldn't do absolutely. That. And I fully think, agree there. And I think Boone is the leader of that room and the team meetings and the coaching staff, and he sets the tone and the message. So when people come, they're like. They feel like that. So I do think it's a lot of the manager in the room. A little bit. All right. We got uh, elevator talk, right? Hit it. Let's do the elevator talk. Uh, If you're new to the show, elevator talk. You get into an elevator. It's Friday afternoon. You see a fan of the team. They're wearing a hat, and you want to strike up a baseball conversation because you're a baseball fan. The Twins. Wow. Did a lot of Twins talk. I mean, Nelson Cruz is still going off. We'll do Twins, whatever. I mean, it's better to do a team that's going to be playing for something. I don't know what the Twins are doing with their pitching. Like we said, it's Berrios and Odorizzi. And then who's their third starter? Is it bullpen days? Um, I think the Twins have a lot to prove. I don't know how Twins feels. What's that? Pineda getting suspended was a low-key giant blow for them. You mentioned that in the elevator. You're like, I think we could have gone all the way if Pineda didn't get suspended, right? Yeah, I kind of want to be in the elevator and find out what and how Twins Twins fans feel. Because my perception is that they feel really confident and they're really, like, happy. And I'd be scared scared shitless if I was a Twins fan. Because that... No, I you wouldn't be scared shitless. I I was I was trying to group this because I actually had a similar thought process to that, Jim. Because I was thinking right now, there's what four fan bases that think their team is going to win the World Series: the Yankees, the Astros, the Dodgers, and the Braves. Yeah. So those four teams right now, they think they're going to win the World Series. Three of those fan bases are going to get crushed. <laughs> um, the other teams. What they say is, we've got a chance. We're in the dance, and that's what we're doing right now. We're saying, oh, to Rizzi, Barrios would have to go up. A couple guys have to step up from the bullpen, but our lineup's there. Um, and I think that's what Twins fans are saying. Nice. Hey, Michael Jordan just liked a tweet of mine. It's pretty cool. Which one? About CC. so it's not really me. Um, it's fucking wild to see. It's cool. He, I doubt he runs his own Twitter. It's like the Jordan brand. Yeah. Oh, and CC is part of the Jordan brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Michael, yeah. not Michael Jordan. 
That was bizarre. We'll say it's Michael. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Again, the Twins, it's really just like, can our pitching hold up? Like, can Barrios and Odorizzi come through? Yeah. Nelson Cruz, 40 homers in 116 games. God damn. He's been nuts. Who's like who's their bullpen? Like are, are we Trevor May, Taylor Rogers, Tyler Duffy? Tw- Twins fans, turn off your ears. Ryan they have nobody Harper. in the pen. They have nobody in the bullpen that scares you. Ryan Harper, Blake Parker, these are the guys that got the most innings out of the pen this year. Yeah, man. I, I mean, they can hit the fuck out of the ball, but yeah, I'm trying to find a pitcher that scares me in the pen right. or as a starter. You can't find a single one. Not scary. They, it's I guess it's it's where I started. Uh, they would need Barrios and Odorizzi to be special. Yeah, they would need they play above their means. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that ends this episode of Talking Baseball. Thank you guys very much for joining. We appreciate it. If you want to leave a rating and review, we'd uh, we'd like that. Uh, and we will uh, see you on Friday. Go Phillies. Unless you are Five a game sweep. unless you're a Cleveland or a Nationals fan, go Phillies. We'll see you on Friday. Enjoy your weeks. We'll be together on Friday and in Maine, so it'll be a little different show. But it'll be fun. See you guys.